Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the uh, <laughs> Puck Placement Podcast. Sorry about that. Um, today we're going to go through some burning questions we have for, I'm sure you guys have in mind, but uh, we'll just, Dovey and I will have, uh, you know, kind of a, a back and forth with uh, five questions each and see what... The listeners can feel free to submit questions, you know, if they have and, you know, if there's yeah popular demand and uh sure we can address give our thoughts and address uh the, t- the topic at hand absolutely and uh i'll follow up when i post this link with a question on twitter so but yeah absolutely just hit us up whenever for questions and we'll absolutely interact and uh provide answer or <laughs> as good an answer as we can find but um yeah without further ado we can uh, get Get right into it. Um, Dovey, you can go first, and we've uh, and just go back and forth, like I said. All right, so the first thing that, you know, I have a question for you is the elephant in the room is, who do you think is going to be the next GM of the Ottawa Sanders? <laughs> that one I was not ready for. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think they know. So... As it turns out, so I, I have a friend who's a, a blogger for the Senators. Uh, you could, um, his name is Naftali Clinton. Uh, oh. he that's his oh. Twitter handle. You know, he puts out stuff. He's a writer for Daily Faceoff, and mm-hmm. he randomly shot me a note a week ago on Thursday afternoon. He said that he heard from a source that there was big changes coming in, and I was like, he said, uh, I, I can read read to you exactly what he wrote. So he said, quote, um, not confirmed or anything, but here's, here's, but hearing the following, Shirelli is the VP of Hockey Ops, Ryan Bonus likely promoted to interim GM, Dorian is either being fired, listing it as a mutual decision or being reassigned as a head scout. So we know he's being, he's been fired since then. Mm-hmm. And Claude Julien, as coaching consultant, will come in as interim head coach if DJ is fired by season's end. And I responded to him saying, "You're off your rocker. Go get help." To some degree, some to 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 some degree, there might have been some colorful language in there, but to yeah. to an extent of like, how does Ottawa justify firing Pierre Dorian? This is me last Thursday. How do they justify firing Pierre Dorian, who has done so many good and not everything has worked out? Like, you know, like sure. there has been some troubles in his almost decade with the team. But how do you justify, you know, firing a GM who I think everyone could say has done a fairly, fairly well job in locking players up, acquiring talent, and overall assembling a very strong squad, even if they have underperformed a little bit this over the first three weeks of the season? And then it happened. On Tuesday afternoon, I was just like, you know, sitting doing work, and I was like, holy hell, like Pierre Dorian just fired. That's insane. Um, yeah, I so I did not see it coming. I, um, it was just kind of a, a weird timing with the Pinto thing going on. I, I didn't know that was a possibility for them. Right, I, and I mean the the whole Dadanov discourse and the fallout of losing a first, a future first round pick, um, that definitely probably played a significant role in in that decision, because it seems that the negligence was solely on Ottawa's side, um, but in any event, um, like that, I I th- I think that he's definitely going to get brought on by another team. Oh yeah, because he's, there's some clear, clear wins that he's brought to the table, and I and he he's saying or his source is saying Peter Chiarelli, that's that's a that's a big move, and I'm not one that I particularly like. What about you? Um, I just I, my whole thinking is it's kind of stupid if it's it was purely like a PR like save face thing like we it's a kind of a minor scandal. They lost their first round pick. That stinks. But if that's like the big reason they fired him, I, I think that's kind of short-sighted. Um, well, they you know, don't have any details whatsoever about the, about the incident. They're just saying 
been, you know, they forfeit a pick, and we will not take any questions, which is, you know, in very typical fashion of the National Hockey League. Yeah. And they were surprised. Well, maybe disappointed, but maybe not. We shouldn't be so surprised. However, it, it sounds like there's something really bad that happened here, and we just don't really understand. The, we can't really grasp exactly what. Yeah, and as far as names go, I don't. I haven't put a whole lot of thought into it. I uh, I do love watching the Senators as a team on the ice. I I don't. Um, I'm pretty lackluster when it comes to front office insight, uh, to be honest. So, unfortunately, I don't have anything interesting to say as far as names go. I don't even know who's out there um, kind of waiting waiting in the wings. But, uh, yeah, I like to your point. I, I could see him getting picked up by, uh, by a team pretty shortly. Um, what, what else is there to say about the auto situation? The team's been mediocre to start. Is DJ Smith, you know, on, is his seat hot? Is it warm? Is it like not able? Is he not able to sit down? Like, do you think that he might be the first coach fired? And surprisingly, as he was the one of the favorites for the Jack Adams Award going into the season. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I would. It'd be hard for me to see him get fired, but. If they're going to fire the GM like this, then maybe not. It's not going to be that surprising, but I don't know. I think uh, Woodcroft might be a little hotter if they don't turn it. You know, they probably will. They have I more mean, around than Ottawa, but. They also didn't have a half. Say it again. They also were missing David for a week and a half. So that's like a massive difference. Like, can you blame yeah. the coach if a team struggles when you lose like eighty percent of your offensive plan? But Ottawa lost like its entire blue line, <laughs> and then it's just Shabbat. Who else did they lose? Shabbat. Well, I mean, not, I mean just for a couple of weeks, but Mc David oh. is the most important player in the league, hands down, to his team's success and or failure. I know, but when you have dry sidle, it's it, it's a less it's a it doesn't matter. It, do, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I understand what you're saying, but push comes to shove. Losing McDavid is crippling, and it's impossible to recover from that. Okay, you lose but a then... defenseman, you lose two defensemen. Like, um, we're, you and I are both watching Boston right now. Boston's doing fine despite losing three defensemen in the span of, what, a week? Oh, I don't I don't know. I just saw Grizzly. I didn't see the other... No, and they lost Grizzlick and they lost there was there was um there was a graphic that said like there's a reason they have three guys who are starting and playing their first game of the season tonight. Um who else did they lose? Um why is this why is I mean, this glitching? Win with if you can't win without McDavid then and you have dry settle and a but we knew that they would never be able to be successful without McDavid. What? We like without McDavid, like it was it was painfully obvious this team wasn't gonna go anywhere. At least I think oh Forborg was the third guy. Yeah, he's he's whatever. Um but I yeah, guy. I hear. Um anyway, I mean I uh Yeah, I guess then, yeah, I guess it would have to be DJ Smith as far as and as far as the hottest seat, and then also kind of funny that, yeah, he also had uh, Jack Adams <laughs> aspirations. So pretty uh, drastic and vast uh, difference in what out the outcomes in the game versus reality, right? What's your first question? Um, uh, I I wanted to talk about the Flames. I, I I don't know where to start other than I guess they're going to be probably the the earliest selling team, and then maybe right now I think Markstrom could be had. I know he's having like a bad year. I mean, maybe both goalies, but um, do you think they start selling parts? 
as soon as they can. I have to, I have to think so. Um, it was it was reported this week um, that they they were in negotiations for contract extensions for um, Elias Lindholm, who wanted too much money for what they wanted to pay him right now, as well as for um, um, and, and you know Tanev had an extension offer that you know and Hannafin apparently they were close to now with just the offer got. He, he basically said, I'm not, I don't want to sign anything right now based on the trajectory of the team. Yeah. Um, yeah, Calgary, they, they are not looking great. Um, I, I look at, you know, we're at, we're, we're at the 10-game mark for most teams around there, so I look at who, who you played and you got to have fast, you got, you got to start fast because, you know, you could fall behind very quickly, but like, They've lost six straight in regulation. And some of the opponents have been strong, and some of them have, frankly, underwhelmed. You know, like, I'm not too high on the Blues. You know, I don't think the Blue Jackets are, you know, anything. Like, those are two beatable teams for sure. And it was a very lackluster performance against, you know, for against both of them, for them. Yeah. By an output of one goal. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't see how you don't start moving people. I mean, neither goalie is particularly playing well, uh, both with goals against averages below 900 and goals against average – or save percentages below 900 and goals against averages above three. Yeah. Um, Vladar's probably movable. Markstrom is tougher for me to see him being movable unless you're taking something back. Um, you know, is there another team that has goalie problems who – has an expensive goalie signed for a couple more years or longer. My my head goes to Seattle. Yeah. Um, but but that would but that's an interdivisional trade. It could be a tad complicated for people or for for the managers to come about them and then there's no trade quality exists in you know, maybe uh, both Grubauer and Markstrom contracts. Um, come, but you know, lots say, of ex- yeah. Nothing. Not, I was gonna say something, but then I'll, I'll save it for my other question. All right, and, and and but but in short, there's lots of expiring pieces still on this Calgary team. They were a team to watch definitely in terms of this either is getting fixed or this team's about to go under a massive cultural shift. Um, you know, expiring contracts in ten. It was a door of, um. Lindholm, Hanfin, Hanev. I probably, I think I said Hanev, but and and more young guys who you know they're a year from our from from unrestricted free agency and like Mangiapane and so on and so forth. They could start selling pieces off because there are teams that need there are teams that there are teams that need pieces who could use what you know Calgary can bring to the table, like you know. The, the most obvious and glaring option is Toronto need, needs a, needs a, you know, a third line center needs a fourth defenseman. We'll call it preferably right-handed or le- I mean, actually handedness doesn't really matter. Um, and um, I would expect the batch living and, and other GMs to get on the phone and start having a conversation with Craig Conroy, uh, possibly as soon as this week, possibly as yep. already happened. Agreed. What you got for number two? Um, so for number two, um, my question for you was, what more can Edmonton actually do? Like, McDavid's back. They had a quality, quality showing on Sunday night in the Heritage Classic. I don't know what they call it in the States, uh, but in Canada, they call it the Heritage Classic. Yeah, same um, thing. Same thing, which was, you know, a very pleasant showing. Edmonton Kate showed up, um, and they ran Calgary out of the building at home, so that was good for their home fans. And played again, you know, tonight against Dallas, a game that is just underway, no score as of right now. What more can Edmonton do to right the ship? Because they were 1-5-1 and one going into Sunday. They had a cultural reset started. Good first start. What more? Like, how do they continue? What is there more that they can do other than 
live on the hope and prayer that Mick Jesus will save everybody? I don't really know, but I think I think Mc, what, um, what's his name? Fogel has some pretty good chemistry in the top six. I'm not saying that's like an answer. I'm just saying like the shuffle, the line shuffle, like Kane up number one at the top line, I guess. I, I don't know what Evander Kane's uh, like his, his consistency. I know he's, he's a physical guy. He hits uh, offensive output is a little inconsistent. Um, but I think it just comes down to getting Skinner back on track. I, I mean, that's a lot. A goalie. Getting a goalie back on track. Right, right. It's uh, easier said than done. I, the other thing is, I'm, I mean, I was critical before the season and the last – I mean, these last first few weeks have just been kind of lambasting their defense. It's just – they're not great – it, the ones that are good puck handlers are kind of liabilities in their own end. The guys that are not as strong in, in puck handling, they're, you know, turning it over in their own end when they're trying to turn uh, up ice and it turns into goals for the opposition. So, I mean, they just got to clean it up and be more responsible and maybe be less aggressive because you have forwards that can carry the puck by themselves. You just got to get it to them. You know, maybe just – maybe that was the reset. Like, just – do simple better um but because mm-hmm. you have enough guys that can create um even even their depth guys I, I think they they do have enough it's just not uh happening and the record shows it and they their goaltending is obviously got to get on track but your defense can help by just shoring it up but it's a matter of you know coming through i don't know if they have it in them well, we'll see tonight i think it's a good test yeah i mean you know i i would say about this is that how the players have started through eight games and you know dry saddle's been a monster mcdavid still has nine points in six games it's stupid um yeah. and you know there, there's this their top guys kane hyman bouchard you know Nugent hopkins they're all playing fine it's really the lineup construction for me that is very clearly the problem here. Because I look at offseason, the p- people who've been brought in over the past year to 18 months. Um, Connor Brown has no points playing 50 minutes a game. <laughs> oh, that guy. Uh, D- Dylan Holloway, no. young player, supposed to be an yeah. impact guy, like, you know, change of pace, a little bit of high energy. No points th- in 12 minutes a game. Yanmark. Uh, um, who was brought in last offseason, so just over a year ago. No point, seven games, 13 minutes a game. If I'm Jay Woodcroft, you cannot go top-heavy in your lineup. It's just no. not an option that's afforded to you because if you go top-heavy, then you're just live, you're, the bottom of your lineup, your bottom six, is just going to be a wasteland. So you need to split them up. You need to try to make two or three very strong lines as opposed to a dynamite offensive line that, oh, this line's not going? Oh, I have two others that are going tonight. And otherwise, like, this is just going to continue to be mediocre at best. Like, Fogel, as I agree, Fogel seems to have some some chemistry in that top six. Okay, so play him. Right. Connor Brown. Why is Connor Brown not playing in the top six? Okay, you're trying to ease him in. Okay, he's had eight games plus preseason. Get him in there. See what he can do. Otherwise, you have to figure something else out. That can mean sending him down. That can mean trading him. But this is a boomer bust must win season where you need to like if they don't make the third round i would say Edmund, in edmonton this will be considered to be a failure of a season you gotta get the show on the road and be a well-oiled machine by the time this comes out and you can't be figuring yourself out in april otherwise you're gonna lose to la again or whomever you play right that's uh yeah it's exactly my sentiment um I don't have, yeah, there's not much to add. It's, uh, I know we're still early, but it's, it could get away. It could get the, I don't know, they're in a weaker division, so that helps, but it's, it's going to be, once we get to, uh, you know, a week or so from now, 
It could I wouldn't be even the... classify their division as weak. Anaheim's playing decently, and Los Angeles is underperformed, but not the way you have. They're still 5-2-2, two and two, and Vancouver has emerged from the ashes like a phoenix, and, like, they're they're chomping at the bit. You do you want and, and Vegas, you know, they don't seem to be slowing down, much to my surprise, but they don't seem to be slowing down. So um you don't have time to say it's early. You can say it's early when it's the beginning of the season and you know, like it's like a week into the season and you're like, oh, two and one, and be like, okay, well, we're just figuring some stuff out. You can't say it's early when you're two, five, and one, and like you, like and, and like your your players are injured, um, and your goalies are struggling, and and nothing seems to be working. That that's not a it's early. That's a we're ignoring our problems. Yeah, and to, and to your point, like teams that we weren't really expecting to contend are clearly got their stuff together, and some of these teams have outplayed the Oilers. So, yeah, it's uh, it could be getting concerning quick. Okay. What's your second question? Actually, from kind of what we were just talking about in that Pacific, I the well in the West, I guess the Ducks, the Coyotes, and the Canucks. Now that we have seen a decent sample from each, um, pick one. I know we were kind of it might be obvious, but I mean we're pick one to make the playoffs right now. Rest of the season as is. That's just one. Yeah. Um. So, if I'm picking just one, it's got to be Arizona for me. Not because, not to discredit Vancouver or Anaheim and the very, very valiant efforts from Rick Tockett and uh, Greg Cronin to completely revitalize how these teams play, and it's been very impressive thus far. For me, it's I look at who's below each of these teams, like because right now I believe all of them sit in the playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona occupying the final spot, Anaheim's in seventh, and Vancouver's second in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who's behind them? So I think that Arizona could very easily surpass Winnipeg to take that third and final spot. Uh, but in the Pacific, Seattle and Edmonton are both behind them, and I have to imagine that they're both going to pick it up at some point to make this a lot more tough. Um, as well as Nashville and Minnesota, but I have much less faith in those two teams. So when I look at who's hovering around them versus who's, you know, you know, ahead or below and all that, I think Arizona has the easiest pathway towards it. Um, also have played one less game than Anaheim, so they technically could, uh, you know, get in, they could leapfrog Winnipeg. Or, or like, you know, like I, I just think that, you know, like I believe in Arizona the most as a team that can really take that step. Anaheim, I just don't see how it's sustainable in the long term, but I think that I think we're all very impressed with what they've done through 10 games. Um, and Vancouver, I, I think they're going to do it too, but they need to um, strengthen their strength. They need to sh- like shore up, you know, what's going on. Otherwise, they're at risk of things falling apart. With Arizona, I don't think they need to make any changes. I think they just need to keep doing what they're doing. I'm actually say the same thing about Vancouver. I think getting Mikheyev back is huge. Um, and yeah, maybe, I mean, I doubt it, but maybe they could strengthen with uh, maybe a uh, couple conversations with Calgary. Again, doubt that mm-hmm. would ever happen, but um, you know. With Anaheim or with the Arizona? No, Vancouver. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. I can't imagine yeah. that happening. Like the last trade I remember the making of any of any substance was like flipping bad contracts and Sven Berchi for something. Did uh Toffoli go over between those? Like with no, the trader? Toffoli, Toffoli got traded from LA to Vancouver and then he signed with Montreal and then Montreal traded him to ah. to um Calgary. That's all right. in the span of like Less than two years. That was about two years total for those four teams. Right. You regard. I mean, regardless, I'm just very impressed with An- how Anaheim's gone about. I mean, I, it stinks that we don't get to watch Carlson play every game as of yet, but uh, I love it's what definitely Demi- a way of you know breaking him in. 
not sure it's going to work. I mean, not sure it's necessary. Like, he seems to be very talented and very capable. I think that they're just trying to keep him hungry. The other thing, too, is that Jamie Drysdale has literally not played since the second game of the season, um, which would be – which is very big for them. Like, he's supposed to be a very important guy in that in that defense core, a, a catalyst of offense. And he so far has not had that ability to showcase himself. Yeah, I'm glad I uh, didn't take your advice on picking him up in in fantasy. This is what IR spots are for. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, if I dropped a guy that ended up hitting. But um, they got uh, uh, Mintiak or whatever his name is. uh, He's been a fine uh, replacement. Um, And Jackson Lacombe, too. They both both impressed. Yeah, so... Kudos to the coaching. Uh, it's obviously working, and the, the players are buying in. And um, Troy Terry, my gosh, on a roll. Yeah, that contract looks to be a, a very fine value for both sides at this point. I haven't uh, – I mean, Zegers has, has done some things. I just haven't uh, haven't noticed him a whole lot from what I've watched. Um, but – It'll it'll happen. I think they've got a lot of good pieces. I think my Vetrano gold prop is. Uh, I mean, Zegers has been very quiet. Two points in ten games. Yeah. I mean, this uh, is this is learning the hard way that no one cares if you can do the Michigan or if you can do something on the highlight reel. It's you got to do the meat and potato stuff. You got to pass, shoot, score. Um. Like, just because you can do TikToks or you can do things that will go viral, that's not going to make you money in the long term. You have to be able to do the other things as well. I think it'll be all right. But, uh, Probably. He's quite pretty, talented. Uh, I'm pretty happy with my Vitrano call. That looks nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's your, your next question? So my next question is kind of, you know, the same thing in the West to a degree, but it's more centered around Detroit. Like, that line of Debrinkat, Larkin, and Raymond looks unbelievable. Uh, you know, they like, they're not the top of the NHL. They're, you know, right now ranked 7th. Um, and there's a few teams that could pass them um, who are, you know, have maybe a game game in hand or so, or a couple games in hand, like you know New Jersey. But how? What say? What do you say about Detroit? About Detroit is like Detroit is is you know that market back is that team back to oh this team is a playoff team and possibly a contending team. Um. Yes. I. Uh, as we watch them give up to or. Uh... <laughs> Not pick up two points on uh, on Florida, but uh, that's fine. Yeah, I think uh, I think it. They yes. The short answer is yes. I think they have pieces. They have depth scoring. They're already getting con- contributions up and down the lineup. Like Joe Valeno was super hot uh, for a stretch there. You know, a little streaky, but uh, like you said, Lucas Raymond getting him going is huge. He's uh, I think he's up to eight points. Um, obviously, to bring it super hot. Um, I am wondering, like you said in the before the season, the the goaltending is probably their only question mark. I don't have any real concerns, although I didn't expect JT Comfort to be like uh, almost a steady minus at this point, but. Um, yeah, goaltending would be my biggest concern, but I do think they're going to be right there looking at a playoff spot, if not. Yeah, I mean, coming in, coming into the season, you were very concerned about their defense. Yeah, I was. Um, I just didn't think they had enough, you know, besides Cider and, like, uh, Gosses Bear, he's played well. Wallman. Wallman as well. Um I think, yeah, you expressed that too. Like you were saying, like, you know, Wallman has had, like, what, a flash in a pan, and all of a sudden he's a top pairing. So it's like, do they have enough on that back end too? So, um, I, I, 
again, to answer your question, I think we're going to say yes. Like, I, I think they're. Yeah. So, so they're legit. The question is, are they legit enough to take a top three spot for me in the division? Um, oh, top three. Like in their division. Like, I, I don't think they're, you know, winning the conf, they're winning the conference or winning the division. So it's a question of, are they good enough to take this, the second or third spot in the division or are they fighting for a wild card spot? I still think that they're going to fight for a wild card spot. Yeah. Because Toronto and Tampa, I mean, I don't believe in Tampa per se, but Toronto has been very mediocre, I would say, to start the season. Um, Montreal, we'll we'll get to them later. I I do have some thoughts about them, but I would say that they've been very strong as well. And, you know, like Ottawa has been very quiet and Florida has been pretty quiet. Um, like I, I think that to retain that second spot in the Atlantic will be a very tough task for them. However, I do think that they are, they're back to, you know, hockey town is hockey town and that's very exciting to see. Yeah, no, it is. I, they were a long time rival of ours in Chicago, but, uh, obviously switched conferences and, um, it fizzled. Yeah, it kind of fizzled. Um, so I'm, and I'm, you know, a little that that rivalry is a few years gone by now, or uh, <laughs> many years gone by now. So it's kind of dissipated, and yeah, now it's just good to see them become very relevant. And I think everyone, you know, everyone in the media and anybody who watches watches them should be, feel good about it. Um. Good question though, because yeah, top three are you know just scraping in. I think still got some work to do as far as becoming a rock solid, well rounded team. But um, this is more kind of we, we might have touched on it already. But I mean, you being a Leafs fan, are you are you pretty confident and happy about uh, Wall kind of basically just taking over that uh, that starter job? I don't know if he has actually, but I think he should be. Um, I mean, happy. I'm happy to see a player succeed. I I think it's very presumptuous to say that he's the starter now. Like we're watching it right now. This is the biggest game of the season that is currently going on as we're recording. Who's playing in TD Gardens right now? I don't see Joseph Wall in that. So I think that, you know. For Ilya Samsonov, uh, he could be one to say uh, rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. He's been very, very solid. You know, I guess that, you know, mental break that he that he took, you know, like he played one game over basically the past couple weeks since that Tampa loss. Um, he played against Nashville on Saturday night, uh, and that's about it. Uh, mm-hmm. That That was, you know, a pretty good mental break for him. And he seems like, you know, I, I don't think that either of the two goals that he gave up were egregiously bad. I mean, you know, there's some rebound control, some defensive breakdown, but I I still I still believe that, you know, for fantasy wise and real life wise, Ilya Samsonov will be a contributor to this team's success. Um and that being said, Joseph Ball will be as well. I think it's going to be much closer to 50-50 split than we would have re- th- thought of initially it probably will be about like you know you know somewhere in the 40s and somewhere in the 30s not sure for who exactly either uh more than we we thought at the beginning of the season will probably be about like you know low 50s to low 30s or hovering around 30 for joseph wall uh in the preseason uh so i would say that like i'm not worried i'm not i i I don't think that this is you know been put to bed in any event Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you do you believe that Wall is the starter? Do you believe that Samson is the starter and they just have to reset his head? Like Um I would say yes to both actually. Like I think yeah, they can kind of alternate now with confidence. Okay. If he, you know, I actually switched games. Um, Are you going to play every game? If he can uh, hold serve here. 
in Boston. I think that, uh, yeah, big confidence boost versus pretty tough opponent. Uh, not the most offensively gifted opponent, but still, um, I think it'd be a huge boost for him and the team. Um, but I think Wall has showed enough where you can be you can be confident with him taking at least half the starts. Okay. Um, my next question for you is. Is Luke Hughes going to end up being a better defenseman than Quinn Hughes? Um, no. Because like I could say like who's your favorite Hughes brother, but like we all know Jack Hughes is the best. Right. Um no. but who, who, who would you take between Luke and Quinn? Um actually I think Luke could actually end up being better defensively, but Quinn is insanely gifted as a uh, a puck mover from his, you know, two hundred. Yeah, but I'm taking Quinn. I'm imagining Quinn for sure. So for me, I think that it's a very, very, it's very early to say this, but I do believe that Luke Hughes could end up being better overall defenseman long term, simply because, as you said, he'll be better at playing defense, which is kind of important. Yeah. Um, I mean, I- yeah, Quinn Hughes definitely has that upside. And, you know, if, you know, let's say, for example, that Quinn is a 10 out of 10 offensively, and even that he doesn't have such a strong shot, he's just an elite puck mover. Um, I would say about Luke Hughes, he's an eight or a nine, and he's not, he's no turnstile whatsoever. Like, he's just a very strong player all around. So for me, long term, I would say I think Luke Hughes possesses the higher upside. Um, yeah, I mean that's a valid argument. I I just think Quinn is gonna be okay. I mean, is gonna he's already he's an elite puck mover. He's, his shot's gotten better, um, and I, and on defense could be a little better. So. I think you'll probably be right, but I mean, there's still a ton to remain that remains to be seen as far as for Luke sure. Goes. And he's and he's played 15 games, playoffs, and regular season. Like, yeah, it's a little bit early to say anything of the sorts, but early yeah. indications indicate. Right, and I think the. I mean, it's not an excuse. It's just like the roster that Luke gets to play with. Pretty damn good. Like he got put on the top power play unit when I thought Dougie Hamilton should have been, but it's working out a little. It's working out more um, than I predicted. But um, mm-hmm. again, that group that he gets to work with, I must say, Vancouver, Vancouver's top, you know, power play is anything to sneeze at, but it's it's not jerseys. Um, Do you think Quinn Hughes is going to request the trade because he he's having FOMO? Not being with his brothers. <laughs> oh man, that'd be fun. But uh, I don't know what his contract looks like. Actually, he has like four more years at like seven million dollars or something like that. Oh man, that's great value. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. I don't know. So he he signed a three a six year contract extension three years ago. Um, but it probably was a year before his thing was due. So I would say three more years after this one, it's just under, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. He has three more years, but the average value is 7.85, not six. I thought it was 6.85. It's 7.85. Still great value, but still great value. not that crazy. But again, <laughs> yeah. Vancouver would have to get back uh, a lot. Load. And that makes no sense for them. <laughs> like, if they weren't contending, I would say do it. Like, it would be so much fun, but, like, there's right. no way. Like, yeah, you, could it... throw, you could throw Nemich and Holtz and Mercer and a pick, and it probably still wouldn't be enough. Right. And, yeah, it, it, you know, Van- Vancouver was like a dumpster fire again. Uh, maybe, but it does not seem it's going quite. 
Um, Flyers. I really like watching them. They're a lot of fun. They lost Carter Hart for, I believe it's, it's like a few weeks at least. Um, it's it hasn't been confirmed how long it's going to be yet. Um, they, they called up Kyle Peterson in the interim. I just know um, Harrison has been bad. In the A? I was saying Harrison has been bad in relief. So oh. wonder what they do. They've been scrappy. Uh, they, they, you know, losing, they've been winning plenty to stay very relevant. They've got, it seems like a deeper than expected scoring. Um, scoring. I mean, this is what I was saying. Like, you, I, I remember you'd, you, you were saying, like, how do you think everyone's going to be relevant? I was saying, look at the roster. And Morgan Frost isn't even playing for them. Right. Weird. Um, they're like they they you look at the team and you're like, do they have a stud? No. Do they have a lot of quality players? Yeah. And yeah. that's what matters. Sandheim's like, playing great for after having like kind of a dramatic 22. A dramatic season last year, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I, I definitely think that. They're going to stay relevant. They're not going to make the playoffs, so I'll just come out and say they will not um, because there's other teams to consider. Um, but, like, I don't think that they're going to contend for a wild card spot or they'll make it. Maybe they'll push till, you know, mid-March or the beginning of April and then just inevitably, inevitably fall short. But I don't believe they can hold out this strongly long-term. Um, I did want to ask you, though, like, on on the topic of, you know, the bottom feeders in the Metro, starting to see what you were concerned about in Pittsburgh and this Nick Backstrom's career over. So are both Washington and Pittsburgh going to miss the playoffs for the second year in a row? Yes. I don't. Washington is easier to say, obviously, I think. Not that Backstrom was doing much, even when he was playing, but uh, losing him is obviously a, a, a bigger loss than just stats. Um, so there are another early, <clears throat> another early seller, probably. Um, not sure what parts are sellable at this point, but. Because um, that's Oshi, some defensemen. Um, um, Pacioretty can come back and actually can do something that'd be very helpful for them. I don't know when he comes back though. Um, he's skating, so I would say in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I got to be careful though. I mean, it's another Achilles. So, uh, yeah. Pittsburgh is a harder call because of you know what they have in that locker room. I mean, you got it's obviously has to be considered, but I don't think it, the the part, the some of the parts are not going to be enough. That's all. That's what I'm gonna say. I think it's it was a nice idea, it's a nice thought by Dubis, but ultimately, uh, it's not gonna get the job done. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna sell off too, or they're just gonna fall short at the end, or maybe they'll buy and we'll have a different conversation, but. That would be crazy. I you mean, really what, have, no, you don't, like, you don't really have the prospects. Yeah, like, what are they going to sell? Like the bottom, the bottom guys they picked up. I mean, yeah, like they they have they have assets that they can move. I think the most notable is Gensel. Okay, who's he's on an expiring deal. Um, that would be Riley Smith is on an expiring deal. Um, you can't trade any of the anchors. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the, yeah, like a lot of the people at the bottom of the roster is a lot more, it's a lot tougher to see how they do it. Um, I mean, right now, the biggest problem for them is they need Jari to be better. 
from what I from what I've seen, like two shutouts, great. Those are your two wins. What happens when you give up a goal? Because if you take those two games out, that's eighteen goals in five games. That's not good. Notably not good. Um, can Nedeljkovic step up and like take them to the promised land? Nine fourteen save percentage in two game in two games that he started, maybe. But I think that that would that would be an L in any event because you have Jari locked up long term, right? So really, you just need Tristan Jari to figure it out. That seems to me their biggest problem. Not even sure their defense has been so bad. It's much more. Goal needs to stop pucks. Turn the goal, do his job. I would, I would agree. I, I just don't see it happening. Know how to do it? Yeah, I don't like. He's had inconsistent stretches in his career, and it's you know he's had like Matt Murray uh, backing him up or whatever, or being there as well. I don't know. And Casey DeSmith, you know, he was solid. Um, but uh, kind of a much different situation now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not too confident. Um, is that your last one, or do you have one more? I mean, I I have others. Okay. Um, it's more. It's more. It's more specific questions about specific players or teams. Gotcha. I'll just ask my last one, and then we can go with yours. Um. Vegas, we kind of harped on it. You know, they they're not slowing down much, but they are defying kind of the metrics. Other time, yeah, and that too. I mean, they're they're being outplayed in every game they played, um, but come away with victories outside of like the Blackhawks, and um, it doesn't kind seem, of on brand for Vegas. Yeah, it doesn't seem sustainable. But then again, I. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just, just the way they do things. <laughs> like they survive in their own zone and then have their goalies stop more than they should and convert on the few <laughs> high danger chances they get. And sometimes it's just like they'll get a couple power plays and that'll be enough. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I still contend that this is totally a house of cards that's about to fall apart. Um, you have you have way too many injury prone players who are playing out of their goddamn minds. Um and like I, I just don't envision that this is going to be able to the this train can run for eighty two games the way it is. They're definitely going to lose a game, uh, possibly even as soon as tonight. Probably not till Saturday, though. That was what we targeted last week. Well, they Colorado. already they lost. lost. Lost in regulation. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and, and, like, you know, I, I think that, you know, some of their players have had particularly, um, I would say, mediocre starts in Barbashev has – Two goals in ten games. That's it, and um, and I think that they they have this rotating thing on D, where you have like just a bunch of guys who are all played single digit games as well as opposed to the team who's played ten. You know, I'd say the most pleasant surprise has been Caden Korzak, who has you know four points in six games. Who he's a former notable prospect who maybe he's figuring it out. Um, that could be very useful to their team. But I don't think that this is sustainable. I think, you know, their goalies are both just, like, literally saving their bacon. And as more and more happen over the season, it's just going to fall apart. They Like, I still, like, I, I would say, like, this is that they will probably make the playoffs now. Like, I'll probably soften my, t- my stance of, like, they're not making the playoffs to – yeah, I was a little bit of an idiot there, but like, I don't think they're winning the division. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. Like, this would be even more shocking, possibly, than their first season where they somehow won the division with, you know, the band of misfits. Yeah, no, I think it would. Um, it's just, 
yeah, it's weird. Like me and my other friend, we talk about it like every time they play. We're like, Winnipeg outplayed them. Like, they still won somehow. Like this is crazy. Like I, I picked. Yeah, I mean, I would throw some money on, on them beating Winnipeg tonight. Like you know, DraftKings are just giving giving me issues, so I can't even put my own money on it. But I would say, I I think that they're they're gonna make it happen this time. Winnipeg is. Yeah. Yeah, I did put money on Winnipeg tonight actually. So, um, we're in agreement. What's up? What's up? So we're uh, we're in agreement. Nice, nice. That means put all the money on Vegas, listeners. I mean, they're they're only going to hear this tomorrow, right? Um, um, yeah, you can go. I, that is all I have. Um, all right. So, so th- this is much more uh, of the quick variety. Montreal, real or is this real? Is this any in any way sustainable, or they're going to fall apart? They're going to fall apart. Okay. Um, I agree, but I am impressed nonetheless that they Same. have managed to do a lot with what we thought was a l- very little. Same. Yep. Um, number two, Florida. Um, just one. You know, just went final against against um Detroit against Detroit. Um, that puts them up into tied for fifth, I believe. Um, as Tampa also lost. Um. And then do, let's see what happens in the Toronto Boston game. But in any event, Florida, are they turning it around? Are they close enough? Like, do you think that they can continue to hold on until players get healthy, like Sam Bennett, who played a few minutes before getting injured again, and Montour and Ekblad? I think they can. I think they're uh, fortunate that this is a well one. They're they play a very good brand of hockey that's keeps them in games. They they're not a team that's probably not going to get blown out. Um, but, you know, that's a very competitive division, obviously. Uh, but they are, you know, they're not falling behind too far. Um, Boston, obviously, is you know, a different conversation. They're 8 0 1. But aside from that, they're not too far out. I mean, Tampa's looked iffy on the road uh, for whatever reason. Um, Buffalo. iffy. It just looked iffy, period. Yeah. That's probably just a better way to say it. Um, and Montreal, like we said, like I think Montreal, Montreal. going off weight, the uh, last question, I think they fall back to the bottom of the pack, so that would mean Florida probably gains ground. Uh, but, yeah, it's mm-hmm. crowded. Um, number two, are the Rangers winning the division? I say yes. And I said yes at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah. you know, eight and two after beating Carolina tonight. Um, all systems go in Peter Laviolette's offense. And Shostrickin looks like the clear number one goalie in the league. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's there's a there's a few there's a few people who are very few who are in that discussion. Uh, and he's definitely at the forefront of it. Dude, some of the saves he's made already this year. I mean, Sorokin too, but like, just working every game, man. I, I I think it's just, it's it's those two and Ottinger, and those are the top three, in my opinion. Like, uh, Yeah, I, I mean, there's that, I mean, it's obviously a conversation, but I'm just, <sighs> I want to say Devils, but I can't. They don't have the type of, you know, type of style, type of defense, or as deep a defense. And my goalie, <laughs> that insane goalie that makes a whole big difference there. I, I think uh, I was very wrong. And I don't think it's going to be a struggle for them to make the play at all. So, and the division, yeah, I think they can win the division for sure. Number three, has Connor Bedard disappointed so far? Um, no, I, I think it's, uh, I mean, I, I hate, you know, blaming his teammates, but I mean, that's kind of the matter of the fact, like, uh, Reichel has not played well enough. Um, his line mates have gotten shuffled and so forth. And 
he's he's played all right. I I'm not too disappointed. I mean, compared to the hype, sure. I mean that hype was insane. Uh, but uh, I'm not wor- I'm not disappointed. I guess. I would say, in a vacuum, yes, the he is over, he has been overrated because we literally had this discussion of this guy is going to go and put in McDavid level numbers, and right now he's producing at about a 50-55 point clip for the season, maybe sixty points, um, like in that range, fifty to sixty. Who's um, who said that? But no, like like we, the hockey world, was saying like, oh. Bedard, he's the next McDavid. Like he's going to be unbelievable, dude. And, I, I I thought that was ridiculous. Like, <laughs> and and, it, and truth be told, it was ridiculous. We all knew it was ridiculous, but we were all selling ourselves on it a little bit. Um, and that's really what it comes down to sure. is that, um, I don't think I, I don't, like. Do I think he's underperformed? No, he's six points in nine games as a rookie, and he looks dynamite. Yeah, but in the mental vacuum that we all created for ourselves. Yeah. We overhyped him a bit. Oh yeah. I mean, the expectations, man, come on. Like he has, he's a fraction of the speed McDavid has um, the hands and then everything else falls into place. Like McDavid has had good hands, good shot, like could beat anybody, but it's with the speed. McDa- uh, Connor, Connor Bedard does not have that speed. And that's a huge, huge difference maker. Yeah. So I don't know how. No, that's uh, that's fair. I don't know where the comparisons came from, man. Like, totally different way to play. They play to- totally different games. Okay. Um, I'm not saying number four. The the world that gave out that comparison. Yeah, yeah. All right. Question number four. Johnny Gaudreau had a very disappointing first season in Columbus, and so far has four assists in nine games. Is he quickly becoming one of the most overpaid contracts in the NHL? Yeah, sadly. Um, I mean, line has been out. That hasn't helped. They've shuffled Marchenko and uh, Kent Johnson like in and out of the lineup for some reason. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I, had, I was looking forward to seeing that all come together. But, uh, yeah, for that follow money. Up question. The follow-up question is, would this team be doing better if Mike Babcock was coach? Not that that was an option, but would they be doing better if Babcock was the coach? Oof. Um, I'm gonna say no. I don't think so. Interesting. I would say yes. I think all the players would hate themselves, but yes, I think they would be doing better. <laughs> that mean? I mean, I guess I think it would. Uh, I would think the su- the success would be short lived. I think because it. I think that kind of has a short fuse mm-hmm. or short uh, shelf life, I guess I should say. Right. All right. Question number four. Um, is Ryan O'Reilly, does he still got it? Because he's been pretty hot to start the season. Yeah. To my chagrin. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that, that roster is uh, as a whole. I mean, they they play well together. They he's been yeah. I I I, I starting to when they played on Saturday against Lisa, I'm like this team's annoying. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I got to give him credit. He's helped create that chemistry with some of the you know the power play, and then I I mean I hate their power play um, with having two defensemen, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, I mean. Not that uh, I mean, I guess you could say he still got it. I, yeah, I guess there's no other way to. Ugh, I, I just he's slow and methodical and whatever, but he, he's getting the job done, so I can't really argue with it. Yeah, he's a good leader. I think we all agree on that one. Yeah, I think that's uh, just safest conclusion there. All right, um, number four. Cam Talbot has been great to start the season for LA. Can he do this for the whole season? <clears throat> no, but impressed so far. Impressed so far. Agreed. Uh, they still need help. Copley is not it. Uh, yeah. And my final question is, 
How many losses do you think San Jose is going to have at the end of the season? Um, man, like, <laughs> I don't even know, like 60. <laughs> 60? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, them winning 20 games is tough to see. I, I would say probably uh, just about 50. Yeah, that's what I was first going to say. But then I was like, if they're really going to be all-time bad, then, you know, if they if they flip Zadina for something and, like... I mean, 60 is not out of the question. It's not. I think they would have to literally strip everything down. Like, get rid of Hurdle, get rid of Couture, get rid of... Uh, he hasn't played yet. Right. Get rid of uh, Zadina. Get rid of Declare. So, I think that's the only. Yeah, way. I mean, I mean, I think what we all what, what I said, you know, in our preview for the Pacific was this team's going to be bad, but they do have pieces that they could still be fun to watch, and they have you know guys who like they're fine. They're you know mid, they have a bunch of middle six forwards on their team, probably more third liners, like good third liners, mediocre second liners. And, you know, that's basically their entire forward group, you know, in their top nine. Um, but, you know, LeBanc has done nothing. Granlund has done nothing. Verbanov has done nothing. Um, Putin has one point, one point, one goal in nine games. Hoffman has one assist in nine games. Duclair has one goal in nine games. Everyone needs to do better. Like, the only players who have more than two points on their team are Zetterland and Hurdle. And I don't think they can trade Hurdle, really. So I don't know exactly how this is going to play out because their defense is also a disaster. Um, and their goaltending, I can't even blame Blackwood or Kakanen. No. Because that team is just a, a flaming dumpster fire right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, like, honestly, it's not necessarily Dan Quinn's fault. But how do you, like, I, if I were him, I would resign. Being like, this is just like, how am I supposed to coach this team? They're just an AHL team. And, or they're yeah. at least playing like one. You have to make those. I mean, they have had. I mean, they had to have made those expectations very clear. Like, hey, we're going to be horrible. So, like, but like, it doesn't. You wouldn't have thought that with a lot of the things that they did. Is like, they're not going to be good, but they're not going to be a flaming dumpster fire. And they have been. I mean, compared to the rest of the team's rosters, come on. Yeah, I but like, what is the noticeable difference between this roster and Philly's roster? Couple of good defensemen and a competent goaltender. They're not even scoring. They should be able to score. True. That's the thing. Philly's getting goals from everybody. So, yeah. And like, look, I I just read off to you like seven guys, all of which have two points or less. Some have none. Yeah. You have to expect at a minimum, people should be finding the net to some capacity. They, They have a total team goals of, let's quickly do a count for... Eight goals, eight goals in nine games. That's not acceptable. Whew. Yeah, they had one game. I was like, okay. <laughs> I forget who it was. Maybe it was Tampa. Um, but uh, yeah, aside from like one decent game, it's not been great at all, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. My bad. They have nine goals in nine games. Not much better. No. Uh, don't tell and me. That where. being said, I should also say that the only team that they've played who I'm like, they're not, they're just not a good team um, whatsoever is there is Washington. Like, that's the only one who, like, I expect you to at least do something in that game. Um, like, go. I go through it. Vegas, Colorado, um, Vegas, Colorado, Carolina, Boston, Nashville, Florida, Tampa, Carolina again, and then Washington at the end. That's a very hard first eight games in Washington. Even so, I expect you to score at a minimum. It's it's the lack of production that really makes me look at this team and be like, that's insane. Yeah, like at least be like a high-tempo team with a crazy amount of chances, you know, right? Yeah, like I th- I think that you know, San Jose for the longest time 
the from the ownership down ownership the the vp of hockey ops doug wilson and so on and so forth their biggest worry was we can't go into a rebuild because the one year that we didn't make the playoffs we lost season ticket holders um which is probably it's probably really important up there in the bay area but I, I think the fans have gotten a tad more intelligent over the past few years about like sometimes you have to take one step back to take two steps forward. There's different ways to do that. You can make your team totally dysfunctional on the back end, but at least make them fun to watch. This team is no fun. This team is unenjoyable to watch. Do they have a good farm? Yeah, well, they after the Meyer trade and, you know, they, they have drafted fairly decently over the past couple of years. Um, I do think they do have pieces on the way, you know, like notably Thomas Bordalo, Um, I didn't mention, but, you know, he's a good player for them. Um, and I think he's in the minors. Um, despite him, he sh- should be on, on the top on, uh, on at the NHL level. Um, and there's other guys like that. Um, but they need to figure something out, like, quickly. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So with that, everyone should have a great weekend. And uh, can't wait to talk to you on Monday about uh, fantasy stuff. Oh, I did have one fantasy question for you. I know it's not the time. But, like, I was wondering, would you trade away Brandon Montour for more immediate help in a league where you really need help? What's your record? It's not a record. It's like one of these weird leagues that my friend wanted help in. It's like no matchups. It's just like rotisserie. Hmm. I mean, I guess I would have to know defense uh, you have. Well, it's Montour for Jacob Slavin. He has Gerard Power, Byram, and Rasmus Anderson. Oh, yeah. I would do it. You don't think that that's enough? Who he has? I but you get Slavin back. Yeah, you get Slavin back. Actually, maybe hold on. Montour's uh, he likes to fire the heck out of the puck. I think, I think he could use more of that once he comes back. It's the question of how long do you wait? Uh do we know the timeline? It's unclear. Yeah, like December. It could right? be this month sometime. It could be like next. It could be December. It could be January. Huh. Um, I would wait till like the end of the month, I would say. Okay. Yep. Fine. Um, so after that false false end. <laughs> No, it's better to end on that than the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Well, I mean, they are the end of the the, the bottom of the conference, right? Um, with that being said, yeah, we'll, we'll end there. Thanks for listening. Uh, as Adobe said at the beginning, please give us uh, any questions you have and, uh, on Twitter, and um, we'll be sure to hit you back up and try to do the best we can to answer, but we'd love any interaction at all. Don't care if you disagree. It's actually better. So um, yeah, everyone have a good weekend and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. I don't know. Ciao.